Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Preparing for a road trip that will come up later in the show, I'm certain. Road trip. Road trip. Um, before we get into anything else, uh, you were very passionate about your displeasure with the Biden administration on Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks later, there were still a couple hundred people in Afghanistan. There have been uh, stories about you know <laughs> private citizens trying to fly over there to help evacuate people, which has not been very well received for obvious reasons. Yep. Um, but has your position changed? Because mine kind of has. I've kind of softened on him. No. Not at all? Okay. No, no, no. Look, I mean, yeah, it, it was a hell of a feat getting that number, the number of people out that they did in the time frame that they did um, under in those in those circumstances. Right. right. Like, yes, you get credit. Which is, which is hard to appreciate right. in I mean, our it's world. Like, I mean, I, and I, I remember at one point thinking last week or a couple weeks ago just – what the sky must look like, what, how logistically that is working, like who is doing air traffic control. Like I know Think who was that. doing it, but I'm, just saying, though, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, the, like you have to imagine that they're, like, it was plane after plane. Like one goes up, another one goes up. Like they, I mean, barely clearing, like, you know, making anything sure. you see. If you've ever seen uh, or been on uh, uh, an Air Force carrier, like a, 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 aircraft carrier. an aircraft carrier, uh, it, it's wild. Have you? I've never. Yes, and, I've and been is, on one, but it was yeah. in a park. You know. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it just like it's it's a it's an amazing experience watching you know those fighter jets just take off at crazy speed and just rip into the air. Like there's just nothing. I mean, there's a reason why Top Gun is probably one of my top five movies. Like of just like movies that I just love to watch. I understand. Um, and I just um, recently realized how much that movie sucks. Oh, I still God, love yeah. it. It's yeah, so I mean, bad. it's still not worse than Point Break. I, no, I, it is not. I don't care. You're um, correct. But if you look at the watch that I'm wearing, it's the I, Blue Angels uh, oh, look at that. Okay. dedicated watch. Um, and I just, because I, I always, I love to fly. I love, like the show Airwolf when I was a kid. I love that I show. That show sure. um, and I, that's why I went to West Point. I wanted to fly helicopters and then got there and they're just like, you're whiter than you are tall and you're blind as a bat. What do you think we're going to let you fly? No, you said wider, not whiter, because that's how I heard it. Wider. Yes. Girthy. I'm a girthy yes. one, if you will. But, um, but anyway, my whole thing with Afghanistan is that while that feat of them getting those guys out is great, um, it didn't necessarily have to be that way, I believe. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you can't Monday morning quarterback this. I'm like, the fuck I can't? Um, the, the, my tax dollars went into that bitch. Right? Like, sure. I can absolutely Monday morning quarterback this thing. Um, and it didn't have to be this way. Now, it's not completely Biden's fault, right? It's not completely Biden's fault because Trump put him in a really bad uh, situation based off their negotiations with the Taliban, right? Sure. And my whole stance is we should not have been negotiating with the Taliban. As soon as you did that... You really backed yourself into a corner. I think it was a. I, I think that if you got any general from the Joint Chiefs, from from SOCOM, any of them, and you got them in a room and you said, "Just be honest with me, right off the record, where did we fuck up?" I promise you, if you got them in an honest moment, they would say, "The minute we tried to negotiate with the Taliban about our departure." Because as soon as you did that, the Taliban flipped it and they used it against you amongst the government, amongst the military, amongst the people, 
right? And as soon as the military knew that they didn't have support of the government and that the U.S. was gone and they basically had no support, then, then there was no chance in hell that they were going to actually fight. And sure enough, they, they didn't. Did, they did not. You know, I mean, it's just the reality of it. Now, did they have, did they have a reason to fight? I mean, uh, no, not really. I mean, like, look, we knew the government was, everyone knew that the government was going to fall. Everyone knew that the Taliban was going to take over. Everyone, right? Everyone knew. So, so what the hell was the army, was the, was the Afghan military, the Afghan army, what were they fighting for? What would they have been fighting for had they fought? And, and I get all that. And, and what I'm saying is that you, by telling them and trying to negotiate with them and trying to get it on paper so that when they screw us, we can, okay. But the problem is, you know they're going to screw you. And all the fire and bluster of, if you fuck with us, we're going to come and fuck with you. And they did fuck with us. They killed 13 of our soldiers. And we killed 100 of theirs. Okay. Well, <laughs> like, we could have maybe done this. Like, you put us in the situation where... We, we are, you put us in a situation where we made ourselves vulnerable. We made ourselves vulnerable for something like that to happen. And while it's war and people are going to die, I just think that there was a better strategic way to go about this than the way we did it, starting back with the Trump administration. I mean, fuck it. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Bush, Bush administration, <laughs> really, if you yeah, wanted to. Yeah. But, but what I will say is that I just, I just think strategically we fucked this up before the ball was handed to Biden and then Biden took it and ran in the wrong way into the wrong hole. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're making logical points. I don't completely agree with you, but you're making sense. I just don't know that there was... Well, because I don't know, Steve, I don't know that there was a happy ending to this. No, there's not. I'm not saying... There's no happy ending. We were there for 20 fucking years. Right. I, I mean, we were and, there for 20 years, and the whole point was to get the Taliban out, and we negotiated well, with the, the Taliban for our Al-Qaeda out, and the Taliban... You had to do both. You had to do both. And, I mean, the, and, the, there should have been one mission and one mission only in Afghanistan. One mission. Go ahead. The only mission should have been to kill bin Laden. And when you missed your opportunity to kill bin Laden in 2004, then you should have walked. Right? Okay. And then you should have put all your energy into going to wherever the fuck he went. Right? Whether it was Pakistan, there was rumors he was in North Korea, there was rumors, whatever. Right? When you missed your opportunity and you had a shot in 2004... We were so close to getting him in 2004. The Tora Bora, I think, was the right, attack, right, right. I mean, we were, right, I mean, we were, we were, we were skinning your dick close to getting him, right, to the point where we had his voice on tape. We knew exactly where he was. We knew where to put the bomb. We put the bombs down. We just didn't have enough manpower to go in and physically root him out, right? Bombed him to the point where they could hear his voice on the walkie-talkie saying, "We have to wait for the bombing to stop." So we can clear the space. And by the time they stopped bombing, and by the time we got our soldiers there. Bin Laden was gone, right? And at that point in time, that's when you end the mission. That's when you say we have to go another route, right? And but they didn't, right? Because then, then they said, well, we were here, we did all this. So now, what do we do? Well, I guess, I guess we gotta, you know, get the uh, get Al Qaeda all the way out, and uh, let's these Taliban guys suck. So let's do that too, and then maybe we can get some help and get the people everything they need and turn it into a democratic country, and then it'll be like you know, like a mini Israel, except they're all Muslim, and you know, they kind of hate us, right? Well, you know, the 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 point that I would take out of what you just said and 100% agree with is we didn't have a strategy or a defined goal. Right. And it became another nation-building fucking catastrophe. Right, which means, there's no which means that there's no happy ending, right? As soon right. as you yep. don't, like, once you don't have a goal, once you don't have an objective or a mission that is clearly defined, then how can there be a happy ending? What are you fighting for? What's your purpose? What's your point of being there? How do you know when it's actually time to go? 
and we and we didn't. And then finally, whether you want to call it arbitrary or whatever, we said, okay, Pitch. we're out. Yep. Right. I mean, so there was never going like there was no chance it was ever going to end pretty. You're right. Uh, but I still think it could have ended less ugly. Right. right. I mean, you. you, you know, that's I mean, that's it's, fair. That's it's, fair. I, and and I, I feel that there was a way to do it. So maybe those 13 soldiers don't die. And that's a big deal. I agree. It's with a you huge 100%. deal. And I, I think that you're. I think you said this last week, and or maybe two weeks ago now. Um, we should not have withdrawn so much of our firepower prior to trying to get yes. civilians out. That is a legitimate complaint. Like what? I and, mean, it just like and, and, that, like, and not were, only withdraw firepower, but give up air force bases. You okay. know what I, I mean? Like we're giving up air base. I don't know, not, yeah, not necessarily not, air force, but right. air bases. You, you right. know what I mean? Like if you're getting like, let's. Let, let. One thing you and I talked about while you were smoking a cigar on my porch is when you leave behind that kind of hardware, why not have a doomsday device? Then you have that. Well, yeah. doomsday device to get hacked. But I did read from the the. Um, uh, press secretary from the Pentagon. Um, Doesn't John matter. No Flynn is, I think, is not, not, not Flynn. Anyway, he um, he said that most things were left inoperable. And literally, in a lot of cases, you could probably just pull the key and pull out certain components and say, figure this shit out. You can say Russian and, and Chinese intelligence can get okay, it back. Okay, so here's out. the problem that we have. All right. right. I'm not going to say that they can. The Chinese military has already moved in, is working with the Taliban to figure out what they can figure out with the equipment that was left behind. This is not speculation. This is not a guess. This is actually what's happening on the ground. It's already been reported. Multiple sources. Go look it up. So, I'm in your camp with this. Like, you can't leave. Like, one, we shouldn't have, we, one, we shouldn't have pulled out as many people as we did as early as we did, knowing that, the, knowing that we were going to pull out, right? Right. Uh, but, like, my thing is, like, if you... We're not like the only people on the ground in the end should be people who are trained to run and shoot, right? Like, that's it. That should be the only people on the ground in the end. And you should have for every one person who is not trained to run and shoot, every civilian, there should be X number of soldiers for them, right? And whatever that magic number is, whether it's three, five, ten, whatever, like, that's you have to have that worked out ahead of time and i know it sounds formulaic and algebraic and everything else but there's got to be a method here right like there's got there, there's got to be a method so I, I i don't know exactly what the magic number is but for every civilian that's on the ground in afghanistan that you're aware of that you know of that you can that you could to some degree track because it's hard because of the way things were set up down there because you report like you didn't have an obligation to report when you were leaving. Like, you reported when you went, but you didn't necessarily report when right. you leave. So they didn't know what the numbers were of people on the ground. Um, but for whatever you can reasonably figure out or estimate, there should be a certain number of soldiers f for each person, and the number is more than one or two, right? Like, so if you've got 500 civilians on the ground, then there needs to be 1,500 soldiers still there to make sure that those 500 get out, and then you start to pull the soldiers out, you know, you know, lowest whatever to, sure. to, to, to highest, and then, um, but, but anyway. By the way, I keep hearing all the Americans who want to get out have, or all but, who, who wants to stay in Afghanistan? Well, I can, now, I can tell you. Okay, I can tell Very you. Curious. There are NGOs or, or non-governmental organizations sure. um, that are very mission-oriented. 
And right. they're trying to protect and women's rights and things like whether that? Whether they're trying to protect women's right, rights, whether they're trying to get the people, uh, you know, clean water, whether they're trying to, you know, help them with democracy, whatever. They, and those people are passionate. And trying to get – and those people don't care. They said – some of those people have been there through the worst of bombings, attacks, raping, all that sort of stuff. And they don't care. They're, they're, they're only mis- – they're, they're completely, completely all in on helping these people – have a better life and those people you you can't force them out you can't right. like the only or the only way to get them out is to force them is to take is to take them by gunpoint and i believe that some of and, and, the trank them and, and drag right them you would have to trank that you would literally have to tranquilize them with some heavy shit and, and drag them out um because some people will fight you tooth and nail because they they believe in what they're doing um that much and those people we have to kind of let go Right, like yeah. because like the world needs people like that. You only hope that their mission is successful and it's not in vain, and you only hope that someone doesn't kill them while they're there um, to stop them from doing what they're doing. Um, but there's only so much you could do for those people, and that's that's part of the that's part of people's defense of Biden is the last people left on the ground because the State Department has been sending out memos to anyone on the ground for months saying, "Hey, you need to get out of there. You need to get out of there. We're gonna we're we're gonna pull out pretty quick." you know, by sure. May or August or whatever it is. So you need to get out of there. And a lot of people ignored the warning, right? And But talking to people who who are there or who have been there, it's, look, it doesn't matter how many memos you send. It doesn't matter how many press conferences you have. Those people aren't going to go because, not because they love it in Afghanistan, but they believe so strongly in what they're trying to do that, you know, and they've survived war already. So their their thought process is how bad, how much worse can it get? And it's like, well, it can get a hell of a lot worse because you're not going to have the guys in the, you know, the green camouflage with the guns protecting you. Yeah. That, that, I mean, look, that's a level of passion and dedication that I can only try to fathom. I, 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 <laughs> I have it for a few things that we won't I, mention. Okay, well, those don't involve <laughs> getting beheaded by the Taliban. Um, fuck you, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, you're so proud of yourself right now. Are you okay with t- doing some China talk, though? Because China... <laughs> yes. okay, I don't know why that's funny. But it's the see, way it came out. You want to do some China talk? Let's do some China talk. No, seriously, though. We, you know, it's funny because... Really? Really? <laughs> that's what I, that's, really? When you said that, that's what I thought of. Okay, well, okay. Um, you should not be proud of that. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, good. But seriously, China's role in this whole thing, and China's role in international affairs right now is something that as much as it's getting talked about it's super complicated and super dangerous it's super complicated and we've never you have never seen anything like it let's just be honest let's talk, let's talk about covid right like was it developed in a lab i yes. would put money on it well okay so this is what we know right like so a treasure trove of documents were released uh from the i think the department of health or the I don't know, CIA, DIA, or whatever. But it released on um, U.S. supporting financially COVID research. Yes. Right? That dates back to 20, I think it dates back to 2012, 2015, something like that. So they were studying SARS in this lab in the Wuhan region of China. And um, the lab was there, but the U.S. was like through grants were funding this research on COVID and there was 
a lot about bats and human transmission and trying to figure out if it was and they were able to get it to jump from from bats to mice with human receptors or something like that. I don't know. It was it was weird. It got very sci-fi e if you read the documents. But what we learned from those documents is that like the organization um, that Tony Fauci works for and is is you know one of the top administrators for um, through grants funded research on COVID in this lab in Wuhan. Right, right. now. That's what we know. The problem with that is that Anthony Fauci himself said, nope, that never happened. Okay, so that's probably, he said, we, oh, no, we, there were what, no. Uh, what he, he said was that, so this exchange with Rand Paul happened, and he was basically saying Rand Paul was misrepresenting what happened. So I don't think he denied that they were doing coronavirus research. He, he, did, he denied that. The, he denied that the money was coming from us. Okay, well, it was. Okay. Okay, that's, <laughs> I mean, like, that, right. that, that, that's, that's the part. I mean, like, he denied, like, he acknowledged that that was going on, but he denied that the money was coming from us, which is somewhat problematic. Now, we can go back and listen to the tape to make sure that's what he said, but, I yeah, mean... I don't want to Tony Fauci, but... I, and I don't necessarily want to snipe him, and I don't necessarily... That I actually isn't the point, right? Whether he lied about it or not, the point is, is that you have this... You have this lab in China, and research is being done on COVID, the thing that is causing us a lot of consternation at the moment worldwide via yeah. a pandemic. Four million the dead people. Yeah, money, right. money from the United States, federal government was com coming from the United States into that lab to fund that research. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that COVID came from that lab and that the United States funded it or that we had anything to do with it. It also doesn't necessarily mean that China did this intentionally, right. but it, there's, there's a lot of inferences that could be made, and the idea that we shouldn't be looking more into what happened at that lab, um, it's not quelled by any of this, right? Like So now all of a sudden the heat needs to be turned up on China. Give us everything you know about what happened at the lab, what was going on at the lab, anything that you haven't destroyed, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like, we need to know, did did this, did, did COVID-19 that's causing a worldwide pandemic, did it come from a lab, right? Did, did, did something happen? Was there an accident? A fucking monkey got out or, or somebody got it and then they, they brought it out of the lab and they spread it? I don't know. But we, like, now there's, real, there's a legitimate reason to look into what the hell happened there. Absolutely. And here's, here's something that I'm going to say that's pretty ugly. I have no trouble believing the possibility that the Chinese government would say, let's do this shit and see what happens. And yeah, we're going to lose a bunch of people in our country, but... But we got a billion in Yeah, China. well, I mean, look, China's reputation for... Or China's history, not reputation, proven history of how they've regarded human life that isn't at the top of their... Right. Is Awful. Yeah, them and human oh, rights cannot be great. used positively or it, or neutrally in the same sentence. in the same sentence. Yeah, correct. And so I I I don't know what do you do. What do you do if you find out that you know the Chinese government at its highest levels said, "Let's kick this." I mean, what, all right. So if they said, "Let's do a targeted attack on the world," what do you do? And then even almost as bad, what do you do if you say that one? Eh, let's. Let's light the fuse and see what the fuck happens. I, 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 I so I, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying I th think those things are necessarily true, but I can't get them out of my head. So let's stop. Let's not. Let's. My thing is, you don't go there. 
right? Because there's nothing to say. There's we don't have any proof of that. So Absolutely. that's one of those things where you you have to let the evidence. The evidence absolutely has to take you there, and you can't sure. steer it there. Like you, you have to actually try to make that as not possible or true. Like when you're reviewing the evidence, you have to look at it not from the perspective that you think that the Chinese government did this. You have to look at. You have to try to look at this and from the point that this was a natural, naturally occurring accident, freak, whatever. And then if the evidence is so insurmountable that it takes you to the fact that, no, you know, you find emails, letters, you hear a phone conversation that says, you know, the Chinese are just like, fuck it, let's just fuck everybody and see what happens, see if we can take over the world. Then, okay, we have to, the world has to go to war with China, right? Um, but, hey, but think of how messy that gets, right? I, 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 mean, I know, right? But, I mean, you can't, like... What are no, you just no, going to no, let them sit no, there? No, no, no. Well, I mean, that's, you're not going exactly where well, I Well, no, 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 no. You, I know, but I mean, that's like if your neighbor across the street just starts throwing bricks through your thing, but they've got more money, you owe them money, um, and all that other stuff. It's just like, do I continue to let them throw bricks through my window? Because at some point, this could get dangerous. Or, you know, do I have yeah. to take them out? Yeah. You know, no, like, I, and yeah, it's going to get messy because, it, you know, our street, you know, but like, hey, guys, they're throwing bricks at your window, too. We need to take out Bob and Samantha across the street. Um, right, Samantha's cool. Bob can be kind of a dick. I know Bob's the one throwing the bricks, <laughs> but I mean, it's just I, I and I don't want to go there. Um, I, I, I hear you. I and, don't either. And I think you. I think let's focus on what happened in the lab, right? Did it come from the lab, or was there a bat and a pangolin and stand right. from South Park? Or if you didn't did, go there, I would. Have or <laughs> did uh, was there an accident in the lab where somebody? contracted it or something contracted it and that got out and whatever and, and that's or, very likely right? probably right. multiple people got infected without knowing it necessarily right. and then right. boom or did china somehow manipulate this or, or manufacture yeah. this to, to or cause this to happen and and that's the like again that's the last thing and you have to let the, the evidence know, has to take you there you can't try to get it there it's funny because we have an infectious disease research lab in America. It's on Plum Island, right off of Long Island, New York. Mm -hmm. I actually considered taking a project on Plum Island. And when I was doing that, they literally said, you're allowed to do this. You know, you can come here, but if there's a level, whatever event, you're here until it's cleared. So if I took this project, it was when I was working for Jacobs Engineering, and it was like, if you take this you're stuck on this island right. no matter what the fuck right. happens. Like, if something blows up, like, you're just, you're, you're, here, you're until here until we decide it's cool, right. and we may not decide it's exactly. cool. Exactly. And if, if you're a good enough swimmer to swim from Plum Island to Long Island, good on you, although we'll probably you, shoot you in the process. We'll, we'll shoot you, and also, you are not. And I, <laughs> well, I'm not getting in the fucking water because that's not far from where Jaws was filmed, so fuck that <laughs> on many levels. <laughs> it's literally across the sound. Um, but, uh, no, it, but, but that's the thing. We have an island that we literally are willing to say, if you're on this and shit gets crazy, you're fucked. Sorry. Wuhan is not an island. No. So, and it's I mean, it's a, kind of far away from everything, though, right? I think it is. I, I, honestly, I have no, I don't I, know for certain. I, I, um, but I just remember looking on a map and thinking, like, well, I, well, why the fuck are we I don't know enough about China. All I know is that it wasn't close to Beijing. But I don't know what... I don't even Most have the Most of China's rest. population is very close to the coast. When you get internal... Because I actually got recruited for a project in China years ago and they wanted me to go like 200 miles inland and I looked and went, 
There is nothing. Right. I mean, you land in Beijing, you drive 10 miles, and then there's 190 miles of nothing before you get to this I just spot. have no desire to go. You know, to come China. to think of it, that was so long ago. I wonder if it was Wuhan. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, that would be funny. I, I, I'd have to call my buddy Duncan Taylor and say, where the fuck were we drinking? I know we were drinking at McNiffin's Pub in Indianapolis, and he was trying to encourage this. Hmm. All right, let's move on. I'm rambling. Let's hope Duncan made it back. Dun- Duncan is in Ireland now, so... Oh. Um, I don't know if this is the show or not. If he does, he's got to mention If he doesn't, fuck you, Duncan. Oh, Good guy, but yeah. he's British. Um, all right, man. So the White House withdrew their uh, ATF nominee. Mm-hmm. I don't know the whole story other than he, he was his, his history of promoting gun control was not well received. Well, I mean, so he worked, he, you know, he worked for the, um, the FBI, and he, he was... Uh, or he, uh, uh, maybe it wasn't the yeah it was FBI during um, Fast and Furious no 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 um, not Waco but uh, Ruby Ridge uh, no maybe it was Waco either okay. way I don't know right. one of those things where we fucked up and um, you know the federal government fucked up and goes in and shoots a bunch of people and it's, it's really messy I'm almost positive it was Waco so. You know, he was he was a part of that, and then he goes in, and then he's this big gun control guy. Uh, but he like he's just a gun control zealot, um, and and not well versed in in the guns that he's trying to control. Um, and it's just like, look, if you're going to be the head of the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, alcohol, tobacco, and fire, uh, firearms. You should probably be you should probably be knowledgeable about those things, right? Like, so someone bringing you something on, you know, uh, modified modified weapons or grain alcohol or, or various types of tobacco, like none of those, none of, that should not be the first time you're reading those types of things or, you know, your your first time dealing with them. And and he just wasn't that guy, right? Like, he's a huge gun gun control advocate, but essentially doesn't know dick about guns, right? Um, or tobacco, or fire, or, or alcohol, or anything else. So He's probably not smoking, not drinking, anti-gun guy. Literally, right? Like, so it's just like maybe this isn't the right guy for this agency. And not to say that you need to be a gun shooting, cigarette smoking alcoholic to run the ATF, but you need to understand those things, right? Whether you partake or not is is a different conversation. We're about training you, a good narcotics officer should have narcotics in his system. Right. We're about training you the yes. other day. But. Um, it's, it, it, you know, so them removing him it makes sense, right? Now, the, the main people who are up in arms about this is the gun community. And listen, the gun community is a big reason why this guy, uh, they removed his nomination because they mobilized, wrote letters, did all, did all those sort of things that we say that didn't work, but they got flooded with so much that they had to take a look. Um, and this guy ends up not being the right fit, and, and that makes room for Beto O'Rourke. If that happens, I know the bet. I have to bang my head against the wall three times. I don't think it's going to be Beto O'Rourke. I, I doubt. Actually, this probably makes my head safer because Beto O'Rourke is a dope, and hopefully um, they realize that. Hopefully they realize he is, we better, a, he is a dope. That doesn't mean he won't try to run him out there, though. Well, that, that's true. And see, the biggest problem here, I think, the biggest focal point here is when people who don't know dick about guns try to make gun laws, it goes badly. Just like uh, with people who don't know dick about uteruses or how women's bodies work, try to make laws, co- it goes terribly. Correct, correct. <laughs> and that brings us to the Texas law we talked about last week. My mom called me and left a voice message and said that she appreciated us talking about that and she really appreciated your perspectives. 
Um, okay, I, I was I was worried. Okay, no, 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 no. She will because I told her we weren't going to talk about it. And I said on the last show, like we don't, we yeah. both know we're not going to have one, so right. we typically avoid that issue. But this was legally pretty ridiculous, and you yeah. brought that to the forefront in terms of constitutionality. And now the DOJ is suing the state of Texas. Yeah, to- and and this is this is this is a good start, right? This is a good sign when the, the Department of Justice jumps in and says, "All right, you, this we're suing you because." They, Texas was relying on, they were hoping that the DOJ wouldn't get involved, right? And Merrick Garland is a pretty, like, you know, he's, he's a relatively conservative guy, right? Like ironically, ironically, right? Like, and people were like, you know, it's funny because progressives and, and Democrats were so in his corner when Mitch McConnell screwed, you know, screwed Obama over in the last sort of minute, right? Which was just gamesmanship by Mitch McConnell. Sure. He outsmarted, Okay. Um, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland. Now he's had the DOJ. And I'm like, guys, like, and you can go back on our Twitter whenever he was appointed. I'm like, look, this ain't exactly what you think it is, right? Like, I mean, Obama appointed him strategically for a reason because he was a pretty objective down the, you know, by the yes. book, you know, I was middle sort of guy. vigorously as you were saying that. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, so that, that was a strategic move because Obama knew Mitch McConnell was going to fuck him. So he had to put somebody out there. Where right. you couldn't say it happened based off of, you know, because of the way they, that they think, right? If you nominated Ellen DeGeneres, yes, you right, would go like, like, okay, right, okay, is... can't do this, right? But Merrick Garland is a guy who most anybody would be able to get behind on the Supreme Court, but Miss McConnell just wanted to fuck Obama because he hated him. So it was just like, no, you're not getting it. And look, it was a good strategic play by Miss McConnell. Fast forward to now. Now you have this very conservative, neutral, middle of the road, by the book guy. And I think that. I don't think Texas necessarily cared, but I think they took it, took it into consideration and thought maybe there was a chance that Merrick Garland would just leave it be, and it's something that they would be able to fight out through the court. Now, the advantage that Texas had from a legal standpoint was the very tricky thing where they said no state official could you know, initiate the, the proceedings against a woman or against uh, someone who assisted a woman getting an abortion, right? So by taking the state right. out of it, right, it makes it even harder for, for someone to, to counter it, to get it into the court system so that it can work its way up to the Supreme Court. That was done by design to, to you know, reduce the probability that it would be challenged or make it that much more difficult. And so the DOJ saw that. Merrick Garland immediately jumps in and says, nope, we got it, right? We're suing you over the constitutionality, and now we're gonna now now we're gonna knock this thing out, right? Um, and and so that is what will probably this which will fast uh, fast track it to the Supreme Court. Which the problem, the only thing that could really fuck this up is if the Supreme Court said, "Yeah, we're just not gonna take the case," which they could. Which. Th- they won't. I think. They I, think love, I, I think they would love to avoid. I, yeah, I think but there's. there's but shoved I, on their throat, they have no choice. Right, but I think if Mayor Garland brings it to their doorstep, and says, "Hey, we got a we got a thing," uh, I think that they'll 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 you know they will be compelled to go ahead and take it and then go ahead and start to knock this thing out. You know, in the last couple of years, I've had a lot of fun pointing out the knuckleheads in your profession as a lawyer, yep. and there've been plenty out there. Oh yeah. But one thing that's they let me uh, in. <laughs> I was going more with the uh, Caro, Melissa Carone, whatever. <laughs> My favorite. Sidney Powell is another great one. Yeah. But um, Sidney Powell is a good fucking lawyer. I don't. Is she I, really? Money just fucking corrupted her. Okay. She's one. Uh-huh. Of, I mean, listen. She, like some of these people, which is this is the really fucked up part of, about it. Um, 
some of these these lawyers that that went completely WWE for Trump. These these were good lawyers. These were these were people who were Alan Dershowitz, right? Was one of the most respected legal minds in in in, in the field. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, was Rudy Giuliani. Point. I mean, Rudy Giuliani was a, was a was a federal prosecutor. Yeah. These are good lawyers. Listen, that, that's not an easy job. Like, don't get it twisted. Don't let these people's performances the last couple of years. Uh, oh no, dude! Dis- I, I disagree. No, 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 no! Don't let it distract from from the difficulty of of what you do when you when you do it right. When you when you actually when you when when you're actually practicing law the way that it was intended and not saying fuck it, we're going to do whatever we want. Like it's not easy Wait, to do, right? Fine. I mean, but, but, but when you sell out, you sell out. I'm no, sorry. those people sold out, and it is. A, and what I'm saying is, it's a damn shame. But that doesn't that doesn't take away from what our profession is and, and, and the value and, and, the, and the need for it, and the, the, I'm, the necessity. I'm, I'm going to go with a line. You build a thousand bridges and suck one dick. You're not a bridge builder. You're a cocksucker. Um, it's, that's, that's an old line. I've heard it a hundred times. Apparently you haven't. But um, but seriously, I, I think... build a thousand well, bridges. bridges yeah, bitch. well, I'm, you're a, I'm a bridge builder. Well, you're sucking dick. Um, it, it, the point is, what they screwed their career. What I choose to suck does not <laughs> impact my ability to build a bridge, bitch. Whatever lawyer, what is this lawyer? Sorry, I watched Malice the other day too. All right, but in 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 um, I forget where I was even going with that whole concept of of uh, fuck it. I'm Legal sorry. abortion yeah, I lost, lawyers. I, I, I lost track. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, the 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 abortion law getting getting out and uh, getting sued by the DOJ. The term "getting sued" I think <clears throat> doesn't it gets overstated in the public in the public mindset. That's just the legal process for we're challenging this. Well, right? yeah, I mean, the, the whole point of suing is to, in return, like, if you win, to get a wrong righted, right, okay. to All get right. something corrected. So the question is, what would be the correction? The correction would be to, you know, strike down this law, right, well, or, or take it off the books or, uh, you know, whatever. The one thing I was going to say is, I've talked about on the show before, I used to drive for Lyft. I haven't done it in several years now, but I was a Lyft driver, and I still get emails from Lyft. And I got an email saying, dear Lyft driver, if you drive someone to yeah. a, a clinic, we will legally protect you. Yeah. So they basically said, like, because in theory, as a Lyft driver in Texas, if you took someone to a place to no, get abortion. No, it's not in theory. That was no, the, that that's was the, the intention okay. of okay. the law. Like, right. if you're a Lyft, like, if you take, if you, it, like, again, the law wasn't directed at women who get an abortion. The law was directed at anyone who assisted? So that means the clinic. That means Uber Lyft drivers. That means, you know, a parent or a friend or you know, they like. Oh, Didn't I even go so far as like if you had knowledge of. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I, I, I'm, okay. I don't think that. But um, yeah, it just it, the law was directed at to make it basically everyone around the whole abortion sort of process liable, legally liable, except for the woman. And they, again, that was by design. We talked about that last week because just like there are people who wanted to go after the women, but others recognize politically that is not going to play well. So they stopped just short of that by saying anyone else involved in the process, um, then you should be held liable. Anyone except yeah. the woman or the man who helped create the baby, right. which right. is interesting. Which, that- which when you say it that clearly, what a cowardly law. Yeah, it comes out as. I mean, yeah. they're that clear. Like, we're going to make it so that you can't help. But I said it last week, and I know it's an ugly thing. But if you really believe it's murder, then the woman getting the abortion is a murderer. I don't agree with that 
logic. Right. But if you're going to say A, then you have to follow with B. If not, you're intellectually completely inc- inconsistent. Right. All right, man. Let's move on because we uh, we you've got a bit of a tight uh, timeline, and we followed the Ahmad Arbery case pretty aggressively when it was out. And now the former prosecutor in that case has been criminally charged based on uh, dereliction of duty, basically, and obstructing justice. Yep. And that's a big deal to me. Yeah. Because that says, you know, you can't hide behind your office. Yeah, you're the DA. You were going to let this slide because you felt these actions were justified. Well, we saw the video. and Well, I mean, it's not just that she felt the actions were justified. I mean, like, she... She, it's not only did she not pursue it, but she urged the police to not investigate it. And then um, when felt when she felt a little bit of pressure to have it investigated, she called a police officer that she knew and basically said, hey, can you go ahead and look at this, but then let's sweep it under the rug, which that sheriff in turn turned around and said, nothing to see here. You know, it was self-defense, blah, 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 yada, which we all know was bullshit after seeing the video. Should we we remind people, Ahmaud Arbery was in Glynn County, Georgia, was in a house being under construction. These couple of yokels decided that he was uh, committing robbery, which, by the way, he had nothing on his body to suggest that that was the case. They chased him down with a car or the truck, shot him to death, and one of their friends recorded the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just in case people have forgotten, there have been so many things that have happened since Ahmaud Arbery. I'm afraid people won't remember this. And it was just completely documented. Like, here's right. a and also of those guys, I mean, the, and the guys who killed him, they didn't see him. They didn't see him in the house. They didn't, it, they just saw him running. And it um, wasn't their house. Right, it wasn't their house. So there, there's a lot, there's a number of issues with yeah, it. Sorry to jump in. I just want yeah. to make sure people remember. But, I mean, I, I think that this. You know, people talk about corruption with police and, and, and needing criminal justice reform. And these are the sort of things that, that need to be fixed, right? Like, there's the human factor. You're, you're never going to – there's always going to be bad men and women who, who are looking out for their own best interest, right? Sure. Um, but this sort of behavior, right, where she doesn't investigate a murder and then when she does get the pressure to investigate it, she you know reaches out to someone she knows, basically calls in a favor and has it swept under the rug. Like those are the sort of things that black people, poor people have been saying, like, look, they, they are plotting against us, right? Like we, there's no reason for us to go report our crimes because they're not gonna listen or they're gonna turn around and turn it on us, right? Um, and make us look like the criminals when we're the victim, right? Like we, whether the crime is being committed by a police officer or by someone else that the police officer is protecting for whatever reason, or the police just don't particularly like this specific group of people, like they, they, their cries go unheard, right? Like, so, you know, people are like, well, why is George Floyd being made a martyr? Because he was a drug addict and he had drugs in his system. It's like, look, you, you don't necessarily get to pick who who the, the, the symbol is, or you don't pick the breaking point, sure. right? But we've had multiple breaking points, whether it was Trayvon Martin or, or Michael Brown or um, um, uh, George Floyd George or Floyd. Breonna Taylor or uh, Walter Scott or um, uh, See, Tamir Taylor's Rice. Or, Breonna Taylor's the one where I'm like, okay, anyone who doesn't say, she was a, at home in bed 
right, asleep. But and, I mean, and, and, it, but there were people. There were still people who were just oh, like, well, well, she, she, she shouldn't have dated, dated the wrong guy. She shouldn't have dated the wrong guy. Like the guy wasn't Fuck in the out. house. The guy wasn't even. The guy by wasn't the, even there. The guy was already arrested, arrested already. Well, she shouldn't have dated him in the first place. You, you know, like I mean, it's just like it's crazy. Was, I had this but, argument the other day with at one of our but, neighborhood bars. My point is, is that you have all these instances that we know about, right? So there's that many more instances that go unheard, right. that go unreported. And that is the sort of thing that causes the level of rage that you see where people protest and things can get out of control and there's anger because that's what's going on behind the scenes. This is being brought to light. But if she, she was willing to do that for this, what the hell else was she willing to do before she got caught? The, the reason this is so important to me is it tells the next person, oh, you think you're in your good old boy network and everything's fine? It could still come back and bite you in the ass. And right. it fucking should. Right. But but there's, again, how I mean, the percentage of times when this comes back to bite someone at the level of a district attorney is so rare. Right. And and if you want to change the system, make them accountable yeah. for their Bad right. behavior or whatever. That's, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, and that's the same thing. I mean, people say about the actual police, um, you know, when, you, when you've got a bad kill or, 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 or even a questionable kill, like there's just, there's no, people feel that there's no accountability for it. You know, like two, two weeks off, paid leave, right. desk duty for a month, like uh, that's a fucking, yep. that's literally a vacation, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, police complain. It's just like, oh, well, you know, if you punish us for us killing somebody, then that's going to make us... You know, you know, less trigger think, happy. Right, that's going to make us not want to kill people when we may need to kill people. Like, it's just like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and look, they have a legitimate argument that, like, look, on the street, like, yeah, you've got these, you, you know, every year you've got a police kill a thousand people a year, right? Right. We know that stat. That's just, it's been that way for the last five, ten years, about a thousand people a year. Uh, and then of that, you know, a small percentage, realistically, are black, right? Whether it's it's, you know... 10%, 15%, whatever. Um, and then a smaller percentage of that are unarmed, right? But in the police's argument is like, look, yeah, you've got these cases that make news with these unarmed, and right? Like you have 10 or 15 of those a year, and yeah, those suck. But the reality is like a lot of these people are armed. A lot of these people are dangerous, backed into a corner, know that they've been caught, and are willing to shoot their way out if they think that it'll give them one more minute, hour, day, week, month, year of freedom. And they're not, they're not wrong. Right, and their job is extremely hard in those particular instances. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't expect more, and we shouldn't sure. demand more. And if you can't give us more, then you don't do the job, right? We need to find people that are willing to do the job the way that we want them to do it, right? We used to talk to a guy, Mike Wood, who 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 would hammer the point that each community needs to take back control of their police and say, your job is to serve us. You need to serve us in this particular way. And if you don't, you need to be gone. And that's what communities need to do with their police departments is literally take them back, right? And, and go, because the officers constantly say, hey, I'm not going to do this job if you make us fill out paperwork and, and not shoot people just without free will, right? Like, I'm just going to quit. Like, and then the answer needs to be, Go right ahead, <laughs> right? Go right ahead because what will happen is like, yeah, maybe the numbers dwindle to a point where things do get really bad, where there's just not enough police officers. The police are completely overrun and overpowered. I promise you, and that will suck. But 
it is the type of thing that will spur change because they're going to have to bring people in. They're going to have to make changes. They're going to have to get things to where they want to be. And that's where the community community can take advantage and say, okay, like, fine, I will come, but the, there, there are changes that need to be made in how we operate. Um, and, and, and if you get those operational changes, then, then maybe things get better. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, and that's what, and, and we need if that. If you don't get some kind of changes, it won't. Right. Right. And we, what we know is that things are deteriorating. You know, the crime rates are, are, are rising and there's a number of different reasons for that. Um, but that doesn't mean that we still don't need the changes that we were talking about six months ago, a year ago, 18 months ago. Like those are still important points that need to be changed. And it may look a little different in each community, but it's, it still needs to happen all the way from the patrolman walking the street up to the, the district attorneys doing the charging or not charging in this particular case. Right. And that brings us to Elijah McClain and the... Uh the EMTs that were charged with uh, and the police and the police. Right. So, so the story. So go ahead. So, go. so Elijah McLean is a kid who uh, was was walking home uh, at night, uh, but like in the evening. I, think, I believe it was like six p.m. I think it was like kind of early evening. Uh, someone saw him walking down the street and called the police and said, "There's this guy walking down the street. He looks suspicious." Now we hear we've heard the nine one one call. And, you know, the, the operator means black. Well, an operator said, it, you know, does he have a weapon? No. Does he, you know, like what, what is making him suspicious? And like, he doesn't have a weapon. He doesn't seem to be on drugs. He's not making whatever. He just looks suspicious, right? He just looks shady. Someone needs to check him out. So based off that 911 call, like, mm, do you really need like a team of people to check out a guy that's not armed and does, that someone else is just saying looks shady? But apparently they do in Aurora, Colorado, and they showed up with more than two officers for sure. I don't know the exact number. And they proceeded to, you know, basically harass Elijah McClain, uh, subdue him, handcuff him, detain him. Um, he the whole time is saying, please just let me go. I, you know, I, he literally is telling the officers he appreciates what they do. He's just trying to get home. He's a little bit different. He was listening to music. He likes to sing and dance out loud. You know, he's basically begging for his life, saying anything that he can say positive, trying not to seem, um, you know, out of control, irrational. And they continue to detain him. The EMTs got there. And when the EMTs get there, they decide to give him ketamine, um, which and is a tranquilizer. which is a tranquilizer, and they gave him entirely too much ketamine, and ultimately he ended up dying from it. Um, there are no other drugs found in the system, and um, it, it's that that dose of ketamine that they gave him ended up being lethal and fatal, and it killed him. Um, now, if you read the police report, it, it, you know they said that Elijah McLean was uh, resisting arrest. And that he, you know, they had to use ketamine because he was amazingly strong and it seemed like he possibly could have been on some other drug and they had no other choice. Well, the only problem with that is that Elijah McLean was all of five foot six and 130 pounds. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. I mean, mean, you know what? Sorry. (laughs) I mean. That shouldn't make me react that way, but for crying out fucking loud. I mean, but think about it. You gave a person. Who's five foot six, six 130 pounds, pounds, ketamine, right? Like, if we know how drugs work, right? You've got someone who's not on drugs, right? Whose body and system is probably not used to anything nearly that strong. Um, 
any little bit of that would have been enough to probably send him to La La Land for a while. If you're injecting right. someone from Motley Crue. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I mean, but it sounded like they gave him enough to, to put me down, right, if not worse. So, you know, like the use – and first of all, why the fuck are we administering ketamine on the street? Like, I mean, you're the you're – the, the, Pharmaceutical guy. pharmaceutical guy. I mean, well, I, can you tell us a little bit about ketamine and why no, this is a good idea? No, I cannot. I cannot okay. tell you why I mean, look, that I can ever be done. Let me explain this to you. Like, so in my days in Chicago, I learned a few things about drugs, let's just say. Okay. <laughs> um, all the way from weed to cocaine to heroin to meth to uh, morphine to ketamine, right? Okay. And, and I'm not. I didn't do all these. I didn't try I all these. Right, dabbled here and there. You did, but some, of them. did some of them, but not 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 all of them. Never never fucking around with morphine. Only got morphine in the hospital for brutal injuries, um, and I never touched ketamine. But I know someone who did. Right, actually, <laughs> the only thing I'll say about this is he was a, he was a uh, he was on a partner track at a very very prestigious law firm in Chicago, and he had two weeks off for vacation. And he, his whole mission, he's like, I want to do as many drugs as I can over the course of the next two weeks. And he the, put the cherry on top with some ketamine we got off the street. Not, I shouldn't say we. <laughs> got off the street. Move which, in, officers. You know, <laughs> and, um, this whole uh, thing is going to sting, Steve. And he, he, he literally basically melted his brain, right? Like, had to go to the hospital, the whole thing. Uh, ended up having to take a whole additional week off from work to like get himself right like i mean seriously fucked himself up um like ketamine like one shouldn't be the fact that he was even able to get it off the street is ridiculous and absurd but it's not a surprise and it should there's no possible way that you can convince me that there that there is a beneficial use to the public for this drug to be used by a emt on the street Right, I just, I, I'm sorry. Like, it should not be used outside of a hospital. That's insane. And what you're telling me, I'm wondering how much it should be used inside a hospital. I remember reading about it when I was taking pharmacology classes, but I don't remember shit. Excuse me about that class. Yeah. But anyway, so the people involved in his death are now being prosecuted. Yeah. Back to the point we just made. This is what should hopefully deter future people so it's important that it gets out there right i mean i I think look yeah we need to hold police officers accountable and how they treat people right right like and And the emts i mean and and, and the emts right it it is a very tough job but again we can't like you don't get a pass because your job is hard if you smother someone to death with a pillow as an emt right you still smother someone to death i mean if 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 an airline pilot crashes a plane he can't chalk it up and say well it's a hard job and then be able to get right back up in the air again and fly because he died in the plane crash right i mean well just assuming that he didn't fly right i mean but i mean unless you're Sully and you save everybody and you land everybody in the in the harbor but i mean the the reality is like yes the job is tough but like the standards just need to be higher right and 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 there needs to be accountability and and if if that accountability if accountability scares you then you maybe shouldn't be doing the job yeah right like i mean like i and like and i get it like you're work like oh well if i do this well i get not like i mean like like we need to train you so that you are you know the difference when it's when it's go time and when it's not and if there's gray area we need to make sure that the system itself it works in a way that it doesn't punish cops for doing their job if a kill is clean and it was necessary and it was the only thing to to stop whatever was happening from happening 
then we need to make sure we have a system that supports those officers in those particular situations. But we also need a system that doesn't say, doesn't treat basically at all the same, and then it all, you know, tie goes to the runner, right? right. It, you know, it, it goes in favor of the cop every time, and we just say, well, it's a tough job, and sometimes you're gonna have some bad kills, but uh, they're mostly good, right? Because that's literally the argument that they're saying, right? Sure. Like, I mean, most of the time we're pretty good, and sometimes we have these bad ones. I don't know what you guys are making a big deal about. Like, that, that can't be, that just can't be the standard. You're, you're, causing, you're causing a flashback for me because I've had. My ex-fiance once told me that she was an honest person because she told me the truth 90% of the time. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, if you're a baseball player and you get hit 90% of the time, you're in the Hall of Fame. Right. If you are a, an airplane pilot and you land successfully 90% of the time, you're, you're dead and right. you suck at you're your dead. job. Right. And that's the way it goes with honesty, too. Man, I, I want to talk about this Trump boxing thing. Yes. Uh, because, uh, so he's going to be a commentator in the Evander Holofield and someone Belfort, who I know nothing about, yeah. but he is as a pay-per-view event, mm-hmm. and he's going to be the special commentator. And I'm going to say this from a business perspective: it's 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 a thriller. Him and his son both. Oh yeah, Don yeah. Junior's in there too. Yeah. But it's a thriller thing. So that's yeah. Snoop and those guys, right? Yeah. It's about money. It's brilliant. It's yeah, it's brilliant, right? I mean, it like look from from this standpoint, right? Like these are a bunch of people trying to make money. Right, the guys who started this app, like they, like they need big events. They need people to tune in. They they need money. They need advertising dollars, and you know they said whatever. You know, I'm sure Snoop said some disparaging remarks about Trump and everything else. But at the end of the day, those guys are worried about the money in their wallets, and Trump is worried about the money in his wallet. Yes. And so they're all have all right. We're going to put all the bad blood behind us, and we're about to make some money, and they're going to do it. Now, do I approve of this? No. Is it my app? No. If it was, would I have Trump on it? Fuck no. I don't care how much money it brings in. Right? But, I mean, not everybody, not everybody's they're, built like that. But they're trying to get people to watch something. Right. That, I mean, they're literally polishing a turd. Yeah. Who, I, I respect the hell out of Vander Holfield. Yeah. He was a warrior in the ring. I mean, he was... He, I, look, I, I, don't, like, I don't think it's that much different. Like, the, the difference is Mike Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr. Right? And two, so those are two uh, all-time, two, two all-time great yep. names. And I think Evander Holyfield. And what kind of an idiot would have paid just that? Just listen. No, I think. Us. <laughs> no, I thought. I mean, listen. Was, I had a great time. First of all, had a great time. It was very entertaining. Snoop proved to me that he is a superhero <laughs> that should be in Marvel. And his his power is the ability to smoke a lot of weed and not miss a beat. Like walk, talk, yes. rap, <laughs> no. sing, dance, do, shake hands, and all do that a stuff. Mini concert while and, hitting a blunt. Right, that was hitting, ridiculous. Right, hitting a blunt the size of a rolled up poster and and just not even. <laughs> Not even that having was a, a cough. Night. That was a fun night for it us. Was. Oh, it sorry, was. I just to anyway, um, meanwhile, I'm smoking on a vape pen myself, and I can't even. <laughs> 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 right. um, <laughs> I was completely sober and clean the whole night. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, so, so that's the move. Now, for me, would I do it? No, nah, I, 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 can, I can be petty and hold a grudge for a long time, and I am more than willing to sacrifice money to do so. So Trump would be nowhere near my pay-per-view event. I don't care how much money the projected, you know, take-in was going to be. Um, I just, I, I, especially on those guys' level, because those guys don't need money, right? Like, Snoop doesn't need money. None of those guys do. I mean, like, you know, Snoop has a fucking game show and a talk show with Martha Stewart. Like, <laughs> fuck out of here. You know, I mean, like, so I, f- would I do it? No. Do I approve of this? No. Am I going to watch this? Absolutely not. Um, but I think the point I was trying to make about Evander was that he saw that Mike and Roy Jones could do it. 
The problem is, who is he going to fight, right? George Foreman probably said, go fuck yourself, and there was nobody George else. George Foreman's probably 70, by the way. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, but that means Evander's got to be, what, 56, 58? Yeah, he's probably in that range. I mean, so, is, he sta- is he that much older than Tyson? I thought so. Yeah, about, probably. Because I think Tyson's like 53, right? Yep, definitely. So, I mean, I think Evander's a little bit older. Um, I just, uh, I, you know, I, I just, I think that his his issue was, fi- who was he going to fight? Right. I mean, yeah, so we had to and, fight an MMA guy who I had never. I mean, I've heard the name Belfort. I don't yeah. know anything about him. No, I'm not a huge MMA guy, so that's not necessarily. No, it. it's too bad we couldn't get the Paul kid in there with Evander. That would be. Oh, get either the Paul. I would pay to see that shit. To see him fight, even at his age, to see him as a legitimate boxer fight either Jake or Logan Paul. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm selling my soul. I just, I, do I just don't think Holyfield would have the same uh, compassion that that that. Uh, well, he also that would Floyd. have the ring savvy. I mean, Floyd had compassion, but Floyd was just savvy. He's the greatest well, defensive boxer. No, ever. I know, but I mean, like Floyd could have ended that fight against Paul whenever he wanted. I wish he would have. Right, he could have. And, he I, and I fucking hate Floyd. Right, I, I know you do. Floyd but, I mean, let's, but, let's be honest. Yeah. Floyd could have easily ended that fight whenever he wanted. You know, and he didn't. I think, though, he's got the brittle hands. He's also 50 years old. And, he's, and he, was, he was never threatened. Like, right. Had, like, had Logan Again, Paul landed. All I'm saying is, he page. could have, he didn't. I don't think Evander has that same filter. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. Evander's also... 220 pounds in shape with serious power and a head that is a third weapon. Right. I mean, like he, it's man, it's, it's like what he did with the, the headbutt of an anvil. What he did with a headbutt to Raheem, Raheem, Mach, Rockman, Haseem Rockman. Right. Haseem Rockman. Oh my God. He created right. a, he, I mean, he made like an alien thing about to yeah. pop out of his head. Dude, we got to wrap up. We got to talk about this weekend because you and I are driving to Buffalo. When you hear this, we will be in Buffalo, New York to watch the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers kick off the NFL season. I think we're both going into this game pretty confident with our teams. No, I mean, here's realistically, I suspect, I I think that the Steelers probably won't win this game. You've got a young offensive line that really hasn't played that much together with a young running back that hasn't played with this offensive line at all. I think Najee Harris's timing in the backfield is going to be off, especially early. He may catch a rhythm later in the game if they stick with running the ball. Um, but ultimately, like the Steelers are going to have to fall back on Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball, which usually is a recipe for him throwing an interception or two. And Trey White is really good at ball hawking. Um, now, the Steelers have a lot of weapons between Deontay Johnson, between Chase Claypool, between Judy Smith-Schuster, between uh, Eric Ebron Najee and Harris. Pat Framuth, and now Najee Harris. Uh, look, the Steelers have plenty of weapons to go you know, blow for blow, but I just don't know if they're going to be able – like the one thing they need to do to beat the Bills is run the ball. Right, you beat the you beat the Bills by running the ball because that means you have to bring a safety up. And while Trey White is really good, he can only cover one person at a time. Right, and so you, it it should force you to pick your poison between who do you want to kill you, Deontay Johnson with you know a thousand paper cuts or Chase Claypool with the big plays over the top. And so you're gonna have to figure out who you put Trey White on, and then whoever is not he's not covering is who you attack, which. I think the Bills are vulnerable with those other positions, whoever he's not covering. And so if you have to force the safety to come up to stop the run, especially this Bills team that their D-line I think is better, but we don't know how good it actually is, 
um, then I think that you can get a lot of stuff over the middle, over the top. I think you can go to the other edge, wherever Trey White isn't, you can go to that other side and attack them. Um, but if you can't run the ball, then that means that the Bills can play back. They can, uh, 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 and they cover really well in those sort of zone scenarios where they're, Our they're not pressured. Our safeties are so good. Right. Like, I mean, and they, and hide right, so like good. if they don't have to worry about the run, like they're going to be all over everything in the middle of the field and they'll have the outside edges covered, which I think will give the Steelers problems because I don't trust that Ben, ben Roethlisberger is accurate with the deep ball, with the guy covered, because um, he just didn't prove it to me last year. So I think this is a game that ultimately that the Steelers lose – um, mostly because like they like you, you they're not going to be ready. I think that this team will get better and peak when they need to. Um, but I just I think this realistically this is a game that the Steelers probably lose. Well, obviously as a Bills fan, I'm glad to hear that. I I mean, they're six Bills are six and a half point favorites. I think, uh, and that makes sense to me, being a home game and and being essentially a, a field goal favorite. I think it's going to be a slugfest. T.J. Watt just signed a monster deal, and you Ooh, and I child. were talking about him. Ooh, child, what was it four years? One hundred and twelve million, eighty million guarantee. You know what, dude got. Did paid. you see what J.J. Watt said? No, his brother. I did not see what his J. J. brother did. said. So about those IOUs, <laughs> should I contact your accountant or will you just Venmo me? <laughs> Which I thought that's, that's pretty funny, right? Like. <laughs> But you were you were all on board with TJ Watt better get paid. I mean, you were at the yes. bar the other day, just in my ear, going, "Pay the man, fucking yeah, pay the I man." I think yes, because he is on the trajectory to be a generational player. Um, he has proven to be the second most impactful player on defense. Uh, well, in the top three between him, Miles Garrett, him, Miles Garrett, and Aaron Donald. What do you just stop? Khalil Mack? No, no. Oh, come on. Um, I get nine out of ten NFL professionals agree with me. Right? All right, Khalil Mack was very good. Khalil Mack is is still good, but he's not the impact player that he was. A lot of that has to do with conditioning. A lot of that has to do with just I think he's not overly motivated. We'll see what he does this year. All right, I, I mean anyway, I watched him play. I watched Khalil Mack play a lot last year. He just he just didn't have the impact that he needed. He's still very good and he still flashes, but. Like TJ, how many games did TJ Watt literally change last year for the Steelers? Like almost one single-handedly. You you, you, you watch the Steelers right. every week. I mean, and I and you know, I mean, I will. I would say Trey White is more impactful, has been more impactful wow. than Khalil Mack. I mean, think about oh, Trey White's a fucking. Stud, think about yeah, because he takes a receiver completely out of the game, and chances are, I mean, like he, I think he's taking a couple had, back for touchdowns. Right. I mean, I think he had five interceptions last year and oh, and one for touchdowns. So I mean, I'm just saying. Khalil Mack is very good, but in terms of guys who make the impact on the field regularly on a consistent basis for the last two years, Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. Okay, those are your top three. Everybody else is, I'm sure, is up there, but you know, okay. those are your top okay. three. I don't and, think. And, and, and Miles Garrett just got paid. Right. Aaron Donald got paid. Right. Now T.J. Watt got paid. And right. and, and, and it's and, and look and. I, T.J. Watt wasn't going to let the money distract him. He was not. He was going to the opposite of Le'Veon Bell, right? Uh, who Le'Veon Bell, oddly enough, just signed with the Ravens on their right. practice squad. Well, he's about to get elevated because they had another running back blow a leg out. By the yeah, way, yeah, yeah. I mean, Which so sucks. We'll, I'm not, yeah, no, that that sucks. But we'll see where Le'Veon Bell is and all this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I think the Steelers are going to be a lot better than people think. But I think it's going to take them time to figure it out with a young offensive line. Um, but I think, I, like I said, I think the Steelers lose this game, but they could absolutely win it. And if they did, it wouldn't shock me. And if they do, it's because the line plays 
better than anticipated. Um, and, it, and it wouldn't be a shock. And then I think if that happens, right, then, then the league has, has a problem. And it's, it's, it's centered in Pittsburgh, and, and, and the Super a- Bowl comes through a- us. AFC is so stacked right now. Our defense didn't get worse, by the way. It got better. Okay. We added you – know, think about I, this. See, look, we got Devin Bush back. We added Melvin Ingram. Highsmith is just a different player than he was last year. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster off the edge. He's got this spin move now that is leaving tackles just frazzled, um, like coming off the edge. And, I mean, the only place where we might have gotten worse is at the opposite corner of Joe Hayden. But, I mean, Steven Nelson didn't exactly light it up last year, so I think we're, it's, it's a wash. The defense didn't get worse. It, at, the, at worst, they're the same, which is problematic. I think this – all right, I really totally cliche. I think it comes down to turnovers. I think if Ben turns it over a couple times and the Bills don't, we win convincingly. If we turn it over and the Steelers don't, I don't like that – I'm not looking forward to the ride home with you if we turn it over three times. And uh, no, I, first of all, I'm not, I'm not a gloater. You know that. I'm not a gloater. No, I'm just not – I'm just not like – You, three. if – listen, we lose – even though I'm saying that I anticipate us losing, you're not going to like the ride home with me if we lose. I understand. That's actually <laughs> also – Realistic. No, you're I mean, not going to be a happy person. I, I'm, the only benefit no. is that you're probably going to make me drive, which means that means I can't uh, punch things. Okay, yeah, I will because I'll probably be <laughs> drinking and you won't. Um, anyway, looking forward to the trip. We'll have fun. Thank you for listening to us. You'll be listening to this either just before or just after the game. <laughs> so stay tuned next week to see how that all went. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks if you for listen listening. to this, you'll actually know how our drive home is going. <laughs> and we're done. Unless you got a finishing remark, which you apparently know because you took your headset off. We're out. Thank you. Thank you.